Good morning, great morning. Welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. And as we always do on Fridays, a very special Huddler in the Hot Seat episode. Super excited to have Jen Starkey with us today, uh, Vice President at TD Bank and the title sponsor for our Women's Summit event in in October. And a very special morning because we have... We have Julian with us for another couple minutes, and he wanted to say hello. So uh, excited. I know the on the ball crew, Shay, I see you are in the suburban. Ready? <laughs> Jules is very excited. Uh, it's very I mean, excited. I mean, the on the ball team is headed to Orlando again today to get to hang out and present to Jake Atari's crew. And uh, yeah. I know my dad put together a new presentation for that. So we're making it all happen this morning. And Mr. Mr. Katari will be in the car with us. So there will be probably lots of laughs and uh, jokes being made. That is fantastic. Well, excited to close out a great week. Excited to kick it off the right way. We're not going to waste any more time. So we are going to go to wake up music. Then we are going to have Jen's walk up music. And then we will have Jen in the hot seat for the full episode. So let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Huddler in the Hot Seat, Jen Starkey. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh my gosh, thank you, Mark. It's such a pleasure. It's, uh, you know, been an early Huddler. Uh, Could usually only join you on a Friday because I do my own huddles in the morning with my own team. So this is like a dream come true. So thanks for having me. (laughs) Well, it is our pleasure. I know it's going to be a great show. Um, So tell us. Tell us your story. I like to ask, you know, my dad liked to ask, you know, what's your story? Give us your background. I like to say, what's one thing everybody should know about you? But you kind of referenced it already. You do your own huddles in the morning with your team. What's your story? Give us your backdrop. Sure. My story uh, starts out as a daughter of two bankers who said, I'm not going to be a banker, right? Um, I want to be able to be a teacher, um, study psychology, like really help people, right? That was really my passion, my goal. 
Um, but, you know, wanting to go to grad school for education um, so that I could be a teacher and uh, but worked at a bank to help pay for grad school. So um, in that moment, while I'm working on my master's in education, um, they said, hey, we're going to hire 10 moms that have been out of the workforce for a while um, and we don't have anybody to train them. And, and you told us you're being, you know, you're studying to be a teacher. Would you train these 10 women? And I said, absolutely. I'm like, okay, where are your training manuals? And they're like, oh, we don't have any training manuals. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, and this is pre-computers, right? So I'm like yeah. handwriting and photocopying and make stapling and, and making these little training manuals. Um, and was so excited to be able to, um, you know, help these moms. Uh, they were only going to work 10 months out of the year. They were going to get the holidays off. They were going to get the summers off. And I thought, this is an amazing program. And this is going back, you know, over 30 years. Programs like that didn't exist. So I was just so excited. I trained these women. Um, and then like six months in, they said, Jen, you're part-timers are doing more work than our full-timers and i was like oh that's awesome and i and i was really enjoying it so they said you know have you thought about you know going into banking we we would love to have you and i was like no 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 i really want to be a teacher and they were like well how much do you think you're going to make you know once you get your master's and, and i was like oh well i'm going to make twenty four thousand dollars a year once i get my master's degree and they said we'll start paying you that tomorrow if you wow. join <laughs> money talks, right? Money talks. And I really did think, you know, what's the harm in trying, right? If I didn't mm. like it, I could, you know, always go back, finish my degree and, and become a teacher. But, you know, 30 plus years in, I've had the opportunity to teach in every role that I've had. My degree in psychology turned out to be the best degree to have in banking, right? Because you and I, and, and your dad, Steve, talk about it all the time. It's about forming relationships, listening to people, understanding people, and trying to help people, right? And so um, I have no regrets. Um, I've really enjoyed this um, journey that I've been on and, and just want to keep going. It's a unique story. You said you've been able to teach inside of every role that you had. So you don't shy away that like your passion probably isn't banking. Your passion is teaching, right? And you figured that out very early in your life? My passion is people. Okay. And and sometimes they need coaching. Sometimes they need knowledge. Sometimes they need that little tap on the shoulder to say, hey, I see this about you. Do you agree? Or, hey, would you like to try something different to see if you get a different result? So, so it's I have, teaching, I have a coaching you know so i have a, just a, a hypothetical question for you yeah uh, you ended up interning at an insurance agency or some other industry right but you would have been tasked to do the same thing hey we need you to train we need you to teach these people do you think you would have ended up staying in that industry forever because of the way that the the way you were able to teach and develop and do something that you really wanted to do or was there something about banking that's kept you for your entire career? I don't think it was the industry. I think yeah. it was that it was the culture of the organizations I worked mm. for. I have only worked 
in my 30 plus years, I've only worked for two banks, two. And what, what's the commonality? What's the underlying factor that is the thing that kept you at those two places for so long? It is the culture. The culture. It was the culture of care um, at both organizations where I felt they really cared about me as a person and not just what I produced. Mm. And it was the culture of being invested in me and wanting me to continue to grow, expand my skills and ask me, what, what do you want to do next? So it's, it's interesting because I just read a report yesterday about, you know, dealing with millennials in the workplace and Gen Z and what's important to them. And there was a stat that said 76% of millennials say that professional development is the number one priority in creating good company culture and longevity inside of a place. So what you're saying, you're not a millennial, but that's something that rang true for you and was the reason that you stayed with an organization is what defined the culture. So now that you've continued to grow inside of TD Bank, you're an educator at heart and by background, you believe in the culture of development. How have you fostered that as you've grown into leadership inside of TD Bank? Sure, absolutely. Um, we're, we're in the middle of it right now. We do quarterly check-ins with people. Um, and I, I, love, I love the structure around it. It's from a performance standpoint, tell me what you think worked well this past quarter. And then from a performance standpoint, tell me what you think are your opportunities for this next quarter, right? Small little increments. But the third question that gets asked every quarter is, what skills do you want to work on this quarter? What exploration do you want to do about your career? What introductions do you want to be made? You know, can I help you make or help make for you within the organization? You know, so, and we do it every quarter and we write it down and we hold each other accountable that we're not just talking about performance, but we're also talking about skill development in the seat you're in so that when that next opportunity comes that you've been exploring, you're you're that much more ready. Mm. And and you talked about accountability just now. So I love it. It's a great idea. I love the simplicity of it, of the questions. I love the consistency of it, of doing it quarterly. But, and, and Lori touches on it, right? Like we hear that people want the organization to invest in professional development, but they're not willing to invest in it themselves. What does the accountability look like when you've agreed to a plan to help somebody grow and you've offered them opportunities to do it, yet they haven't done it? What does that conversation look like or sound like? Listen, you own your career. Mm. It's not your company's job to put you in the right place. It's for you to find your next opportunity and for you to explore. That's part of your development is it to explore what's out there? You know, people don't know that at TD, we have a we have an archaeologist on staff. We have an art curator on staff. There are jobs that people have no idea that are a part of banking. Why? Um, I have to know why TD Bank employs an archaeologist. I have to know that answer. Right? It's about people. And it's about um, making sure that we are not offending any culture in, in our actions or wow. um, in present business to them, right? In some cultures, if you write on a, a business card 
they consider that an insult. Wow. Now, if you didn't know that traveling to that country, you may jot something down on their business card and not realize that you've offended someone. Wow. So it's really important that we understand people and, and their cultures and what's important to them. So is it up to the individual to decide what they want to learn and what they want to do? Or as a, le- as a person that's responsible for them, how are you helping them shape that conversation or shape that vision? Sure. So, you know, being in sales and banking, there are certain skills that we know the better you are at it, the more likely you're going to have success, right? Credit skills. The more you know how to look at a financial statement and analyze it and, and recognize opportunities, recognize challenges, um, be that trusted advisor. Um, you know, so if someone is maybe hasn't had as much training in credit, you know, we might suggest going through our credit training program. So it is, you know, really looking at the individual and seeing, you know, what might help them or, you know, even networking, like, okay, it looks like you go to a lot of networking events, but it doesn't seem like you're growing, you know, that people around you. And, and, and it just seems like you're collecting business cards, right? Like Mm. there's a skill to networking. Mm -hmm. Um, and relationship development. So it really is being close to your people and, and figuring out, you know, from what we know over time, what works and, and how can I help? So I'm going to put the spotlight back on you for a second, because you've obviously been successful in your career and continuing to grow. I love the on the ball mug. There we go. Some swag in the picture. But as you look back at your career, the skill development, the professional development, the vision that you've had for yourself. How did you cultivate that? How did you create a space in a, in a male dominated industry that is banking for a woman to say, here's how I'm going to rise to leadership. Here's what I know I need to do in order to grow. How did you do that? It was through amazing mentors and allies because you're right, when I first got into banking, I was the only woman in the room uh, very often, especially because I initially started in banking in on the operations side, right? I was, I was working in a warehouse, helping to process checks and, and bank statements, put them in envelopes and, and mail them out, right? It was a very, it was back office operations, you know, um, and, and very male dominated. And, and it really was, people seeing something in me that maybe I didn't even see in myself. Um, I, I've held, you know, even just at TD, seven different roles at the bank over my 20 years here. And almost every single career change or job change was initiated by someone other than myself. Oh, wow. Where opportunity came up and I had to choose a path of A or B. And because where I was, that wasn't going to, you know, either continue or something was going in a different direction. And they really wanted me to go in this new direction with them. And I, you know, these were all leaps of faith, but because I knew the organization, I'm excited with, you know, the path that they were going down. And I love to be a part of new things, right. To help build it to right out of the gate. So Um, it's really been a lot of mentorship and and allyship for sure. So have you always said yes to the new path or have there been opportunities that you've said no to? 
I have said no a couple of times. And so you spoke a little bit about your process of how you choose your path, but as somebody who is getting opportunity introduced to them and somebody who loves change and something new, how do you decide whether it's a good leap of faith or whether it's not an opportunity that you should chase? Right. It's in the moment, right? Because for me, um, my, my, it's all life to me. People talk about work-life balance, right? And, and especially as a mom and a wife, um, I have to consider what would be the impact on my life, both work and personal, if I take this opportunity. Um, you know, probably one of the things that I, one of the opportunities I thought the longest about was moving from New Jersey to Florida to take the role that I, that I'm in now six years ago, because this involved moving my entire family. So it wasn't just about me. It was about my husband. It was about my daughter who would not be moving with us, you know, who was staying in school in, in Philadelphia. Um, so each time it was thinking about the pros and cons and it's not a, well, there's more of these than those. It's really thinking about if I do this, what's the impact? And if I don't do this, how am I going to feel? So almost the weight of the decision, right? Not necessarily, right. well, there's more pros than cons, but the weight of those pros. There may be only a few pros, but those pros are heavily weighted in the opportunity that's coming with that, in the longevity of it, or something like that. I think this is a great moment to stop because Kitty says she loves this. Thank you for sharing your ins inspiring story. You know, Jeanette asked the question, did the no make you question your decision later? Buyer's remorse. I want to just pivot and talk about our October event that we're going to do for the third straight year, which is the on it's the on the ball, uh, you know, women's power summit. It's title sponsored by TD Bank. And we are 100% of the proceeds are going to the American Cancer Society. It's going to be at the YMCA and Cis Trunk. And the panel of women that we have to speak, yourself, Cheryl Woods, Robin Raphael, Kim Sarney, all strong women leaders. But I want to make sure everybody understands this, that this is not a women's event. This is a people's event to hear from the women that everybody should be learning from. So you guys see the graphic up there. You can scan the QR code. Tickets are officially on sale. They've already bought, There's. I've already seen five or six come through this morning. So out of the 100 allotment that we have, they're already starting to go. But this is what the event's gonna be like. It's gonna be the opportunity for you to connect with the leaders of this community and these organizations to get their story, ask them questions, and understand how they got to where they got. So anything you want to share about the event? You've been the title sponsor of it now for a few years, been involved with it. Give us your perspective on it. You know, we, we do, you and I both and, and everybody on, on the ball, you know, we go to a lot of events and even all your huddlers, right? But the event we did last year, there are still people talking about it almost a year later. Yeah, that's awesome. Impactful. That's how real the conversations were. Yeah. Um, the, oh, everything's, you know, my journey's been so easy and, you know, it was, you know, I've gotten everything I've wanted, right? Like, no, these were real conversations 
Um, and I think it's important because I think very often we don't get to tell our real story. We get to tell, sometimes we hear the story people want us to hear, not their real sure. story. Um, so what I love about it is how honest everyone is, how vulnerable everyone is, um, and how engaged the audience is. I mean, question. could have gone, gone for four hours, right, Mark? Right. I, and, and, you know, kudos to you, you, you moderated last year, right? And, and, you know, these were some, these were some pretty tough discussions. Um, but you led us in such a great way um, that, um, you know, the audience just, the, the audience became the, the second moderator. I, um, I appreciate the, 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 you know, the compliment, but it was you guys and it's the panel and I'm super excited. Number one, you were the rock star of the panel last year. So I oh. know everybody has so much to, uh, to learn from you again this year. But then the additions of the people that we've had, I'm super excited about the dynamic of the group and the conversations that are going to be had. But like you said, it's about the audience, too, and the amount of questions and engagement that came out of it. I hope that's what everybody understands the opportunity is in October. So I'm going to Shay had to jump. So I'm going to see if I can run this for a second. I'm going to pop this back up for everybody. Again, it's the third annual Women's Power Summit, which is a uh, an event for everybody to be at that is focused on women in leadership and continuing to push the conversation for equality in the workplace. It's Thursday, October 26th. You can scan that QR code. The tickets are $99 and a hundred percent of the proceeds go to American cancer. So super, super excited for that event. Jen, you have absolutely crushed the hot seat. I had started with the question in the beginning I want to end with this question. If there's just one thing that everybody in the world should know about you, what is the one thing everybody should know about Jen Starkey? I'm here to help. She's here to help. Fantastic. And you're right here local in our backyard. So Jen, thank you so much for being a fantastic huddler in the hot seat. I'm super excited to con continue this conversation and more conversations in October with everybody. You are the best. Thank you for being a great member of the community, a great huddler and a great friend. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. We will, we will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Let's get down to business. Come up, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million